On this episode of the Get More Success Show, we're talking with a resilience and bullying expert. How do you become a bullying expert? By being bullied a hell of a lot when you're a kid. Our guest has turned that bullying around and now speaks frequently with the youth market, teaching them skills such as resilience, goal setting, moving forward, how to achieve the things that you want in life. So I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say. He's got some great messages there because they also apply in business and in social media with the amount of trolling and bullying that are going on. Good lessons there too. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. It's showtime. 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 And now, here is your host, Warwick Merry. Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I'm your host, Warwick Merry. Now, today I have a young man who has done, I say young man because I've become an old man. Uh, he's a young man who has done some pretty cool things and been through quite a bit and uh, has quite a few lessons to share with us. He's a chartered accountant, but we won't hold that against him. He's also a published author of the Get the Monkeys Off Your Back book, and uh, he has a load of experience working with some of Australia's biggest accounting companies and their clients, uh, and has learned a lot along the way. So please welcome Daniel Merza. Welcome. G'day, Warwick. How are you going? I'm very, very well. All the better for having you here. Now, I start my show off with one simple question, so I'm going to do the same for you. How do you define success? With everything that you've been through, how do you define success? It's a very interesting question, and I've got many answers for that question, but to sum it up, I would say when your life is in sync uh, with, uh, I guess, you know, the key areas like your health, um, your family, your your finances. So I guess, you know, when you've got a, a holistic sense of achievement uh, and not just in one area, that's how I define success. And it's, I guess, being true to yourself and really going after you know, the things that really set your heart on fire fearlessly. So not worrying about what other people think. So living that, you know, honest, honest life. Excellent. Now I'm interested because you said you had a whole variety of responses to it. So was there any area of that that you wanted to dig deeper? Um, like, uh, you know, you, you've talked about there's there's different areas of life where it's the success. What about for you? Like what a, you know, you've come from an accounting background. You're now doing uh, a bit of consulting and coaching and speaking and and uh, uh, published author. What are the kind of things that? What are you striving for that'll that'll help uh, measure success for you in your life? I guess for me, uh, the reason why I've changed paths was for many years I was uh, in the accounting space. For just I was in the accounting for 15 years, and um, I guess I really wanted to. Uh, do something that I was passionate about and I knew that I could make a difference to other people's lives and knowing that I had the skill sets and the potential to do so as well as the experiences that, that I've uh, I've had not just uh, as a teenager because at this point in my life my pro- primary focus is working with teenagers and uh, being able to share not only my experiences but also some of the things that I've learned as an adult uh, working in the corporate arena and also working with a lot of younger staff members in that space. So I guess it's really just choosing something that, that you're passionate about. You've got a sense of purpose and knowing that, you know, you've got the skill set to be able to make a difference to other people's lives. And uh, I guess 
my sense of achievement and success will come when you know I leave this planet and knowing that I've not only um, done things that have given me uh, personal significance, but have also given significance into other people's lives. I'm really interested as to your uh, decision to focus on teens and working with teens. Um, uh, now, if, you know, if as you've spoken to me earlier, you were bullied quite a bit as a teenager. Is it because of that that you uh, focused focused on working with teens? What, why the focus on teens? That's a great question. Um, I guess initially, like I've always had the desire to to want to make a difference to other people's lives. But what I found was, I guess the reason why I went from being a chartered accountant to to a youth speaker, speaker per se, is uh, two reasons. Number one is because I had my own personal challenges and um, experiences that uh, were difficult, things such as bullying, uh, you know, mental illness, learning difficulties. And um, so I've got first-hand experience of what it's like to, to be a teenager and, and going through some really tough times uh, that I know many teenagers today are going through. So it's that relatability and that understanding, but also I guess the second reason which led me from going, like I said, from being a chartered accountant to a youth speak is for, you know, most of my corporate life, I was working in senior management roles and I was in a coaching and training <clears throat> uh, 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 capacity and uh, I was seeing these young, young staff members come through the ranks and uh, they were lacking the essential skills to, to thrive in, in the corporate arena. Essential skills such as, you know, emotional intelligence, uh, self-confidence, stress management. And so I spent a lot of time working with these individuals, these younger staff members, and bringing them up to a level where they can actually, you know, uh, achieve great results and, and uh, high performance. Um, so I felt that by, by actually going a step uh, further and rather than waiting for I guess individuals to come into the workforce and become adults to learn these schools why not take a proactive and pre preventative me measure and start that process in that very important age gap which is 15 to 18 years old and then still those essential skills like I said of you know tenacity resilience leadership emotional intelligence at that age between 15 to 18 years old because if they've got those skills before they leave school, then they get, they've got a better chance of thriving once they get out into the, you know, into the workforce. I find it very interesting. I was having this conversation with a friend yesterday and um, I don't have any kids. So consequently know all about raising them and all you got to do, you don't even have to ask me, I'll tell you what you need to do with your kids. Um, but in all seriousness, there seems to be um, a lot more, um, awards for showing up, you know, your 20th place and everyone, you know, oh, you're going from second grade to third grade. And so everything is celebrated. So no one's have had to struggle. So how mm -hmm. so they don't know what it's like to go had to have resilience because they've never failed because they've got an award just for walking in the door. So how, mm -hmm. do, how can parents instill that uh, sense of resilience? Should we be letting our kids fail more? Should we be setting them up to fail to teach them resilience? Absolutely. Like, I wouldn't say deliberately, you know, putting, in, putting them in a place where they fail, but more so giving them the license to, to just, you know, have a go. And regardless of what happens, you know, there's always another chance. So pick yourself back up and move forward. So I guess I'd like to put it in a way where rather than parents focusing on the output, the results of what their kids 
uh, are achieving, more so focus on the input because, you know, all of us have control over the input, you know, the amount of effort we put in, uh, our work ethic, our attitude, our, our persistence and perseverance. Uh, and we don't necessarily always have control over the output, the results that we get in life, but outputs are just events. They're one-off events, but the most important thing is the journey that somebody goes on to develop those essential skills like, you know, work ethic, tenacity, because that's what's going to count in the end. They can always transfer those skills into other areas and the next stages of their life. However, you know, a result is just a result. It's just an event. You can, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And if you lose, okay, what did, I, what did I learn from this experience? How can I use it to move forward? How can I use it as a stepping stone rather than a stumbling block? And I guess, you know, parents just need to focus on using empowering language to help their kids focus on effort rather than results. Because if they put the effort in and if they work on developing themselves and their character, then more likely than not, the results are going to show. And sometimes they might not show. It could be various reasons. But, okay, taking a step back when those results come through that weren't as expected and say, okay, well, what can I do to learn from this experience and to improve my results going forward? So is there any particular, you, you talked about using uh, better language to frame it up and support them. So is there any particular language that you would recommend they use or any kind of statements or any kind of things that, you think are going to be, and this is like, this is relevant, not just for kids, but also if, you know, someone listening to this is a, a manager or a leader and they've got a, a, a new employee who's struggling, maybe this is the kind of language that's going to help them as well. So what kind of language are you talking about? I guess a language that's directed at the process rather than the, the result. So things such as, you know, um, you know, if you, if you, if you put, if you put the hours into this, you've got a better chance of, you know, getting the results that you're after. Um, you know, focus on, you know, your your self-talk, your um, what you're saying to yourself. And I guess because, you know, sometimes I, you know, just in passing or, or whether it's within, you know, family gatherings, you know, you always hear things like, you know, you know, he's smart, you know, she's not. Like they, they use terms that, are quite defining, whereas if parents can focus on uh, a person's, what they're capable of and their potential rather than, you know, I'm either smart or I'm not. So it goes back to that whole, you know, Carol Dweck's fixed versus growth mindset. So focus on the process and the things that need to be done on the journey rather than, okay, I'm defined by, you know, by, by an event or, you know, a perception that people have on me. You know, he's either gifted or he's not. You know, I've seen a lot of people that, you know, have started with nothing and have developed something, developed skills. Like I'm a first-hand experience, first-hand example of that where, you know, a classic example is, is me as a, you know, professional speaker. You know, I didn't start speaking in public till my mid-20s. Had no gifts or talents in that space. I just decided I wanted to become a professional speaker and I started that journey and I just fearlessly pursued that thing that, that set my heart on fire and I developed those skills. I applied that growth mindset. So I guess parents just need to focus on, um, you know, using empowering language that is directed at ensuring their kids know that they've got the potential to improve, they've got the potential to develop and nothing is set in stone. Um, anything can be, can be developed through work ethic, 
perseverance and and you know the right amount of effort. Okay, um, I want to talk a, a little bit about bullying, uh, uh, just because I'm not aware of how bad it is. And a friend of mine posted something on social media yesterday about her her daughter put some post out there, something along the lines of. Um, you know, a, a quiz to her friends, would you miss me if I was gone, if I was dead kind of thing. Plus also there's a whole lot more trolling on social media. I, I can't handle it myself, but as in, I don't, I see this a lot of trolling of other people on social media. So why, why is there so much more bullying and trolling and that kind of stuff now than what there used to be? Is it the technology that makes it easier to be nameless, fameless, faceless and relentless and just attack people? Or is it, kids being kids or why is that uh, it's, uh, it's a very complex issue bullying especially now with social media because i know back in my day when i was bullied there was no social media and um and for me like yeah you didn't hear the word bullying much when i was growing up and when i was bullied i thought it was just part of growing up you know get picked on you get teased you get you know uh given a tough time but now it's just become so mainstream that, you know, social media just become an easy outlet for people to be nasty to other people. And as to why, you know, people are nasty to others, well, there are various reasons why people believe it could be their own insecurities. It could be wanting to, you know, stand out in a, in a, in a social circle. It could be just wanting to inflict harm on another person. Um, so I guess, look, I, I think social media, it, has made it easier for people to be nicer to other people. But I still think, uh, I strongly believe that, you know, whilst there are a number of parties that could, um, uh, th there are a number of parties that, uh, you know, uh, are in the whole bullying, um, you know, that affect and determine, you know, the outcome of bullying situations. I think that the most important person in the situation uh, of bullying is the person being bullied and for them to take to take ownership and, and to take control over whether they allow other people's you know opinions and words uh, affect their own feelings because at the end of the day they've got they've got 100% control over who they're letting uh, affect them um, now as to because they can't control like you know you, you can control what you feel, but you can't control what other people do, right? So why not just take control of um, what is being said to you uh, and not let it, you know, get through your skin and, um, and I guess, you know, leave, you know, leave the, uh, the actions of, of bullies uh, up to those responsible, being the school, parents should play a part as well. And also the government has a part as well in um, putting together, you know, some more, some more, uh, again, uh, policies in, and, and also there's been talk about with some things that are happening on, on in the cyber world, how making it illegal and a criminal offence where somebody actually, you know, relentlessly bullies another person. So... There's measures like that that can be put in place that could help mitigate and reduce incidents of bullying. But ultimately, uh, the starting point to somebody actually, um, you know, beating bullying, if they're bullied, is, is themselves and them taking control of uh, who they let into their lives. 
Okay, so I suppose that leads in really nicely to um, resilience and finding out more. But uh, first thing, we're going to have to take a quick break. Uh, we're talking with Daniel Merza, uh, who has written the book, Get Your Monkeys Off Your Back, and is a bit of an expert on, not a bit of an, he is an expert on resilience and uh, success. So we'll be back right after this. Do you want to be on the show? Warwick is always looking for great success stories to share. Head to the contact page on getmoresuccess.com and get in touch to see if your story is suited for the show. Have you got a question for Warwick or the guest? Head to getmoresuccess.com or the Facebook page and let us know. Welcome back. We're here with Daniel Merza and I just want to know a little bit about resilience. It's so important because it seems that as societally in the workplace, there is a faster workplace, it's a faster economy, it's a faster change of technology, and you've got to be willing to not know, be a newbie at new technology, new processes, get it wrong and then keep going to get it right. But people struggle with resilience. So what are, what are some of the key tips that you would give for someone to be more resilient? I guess, um, you know, when it comes to you know, building that resilience it starts, like it starts by just having that sense of self-awareness as to what's actually uh, holding you back and what you're finding difficult. Um, you know, you know, it could be, it could be, you know, some of the life challenges that you might be experiencing. Uh, maybe it's letting, you know, um, those things just, you know, send you down a downward spiral of negative emotions. So, Again, identify what it is that's actually a problem for you so that, that self-diagnosis per se and just working towards putting, putting together and implementing some things into your life that can help you, you know, deal with some of those challenges. So things such as, um, you know, in terms of dealing with stress management, you know, there's a lot of research done about the, uh, the value of, you know, meditation and mindfulness, you know, physical activity uh, is also good to actually uh, deal with, uh, you know, helping you deal better with your emotions. Um, also, again, positive relationships, positive relationships with not just, you know, your immediate family, but also with, with, within your own workspace, because when you've got that healthy relationship with other people, it's empowering, it can help you get through some of those difficult times. So uh, it's a combination of, you know, empowering relationships, you know, continually evolving as a person learning more about yourself and being willing to you know being willing to uh, i guess em embrace uh embrace the challenges embrace failure uh and just be willing to move forward and and you know not not surrendering giving up on any uh of those uh situations that may arise and using those challenges as opportunities to grow rather than as as obstacles and then allowing them to keep you where you are so one of the things you, you talked about is to um, uh, making sure that you have a better awareness of yourself and, you know, the classic Socrates and Socratic method of, you know, know thyself. So uh, in your book, uh, Get the Monkeys Off Your Back, you talk about self-discovery. What are some of the things, um, and you mentioned meditation before, but what are some of the other things that you would use or recommend people do to, to self-discover, find out about themselves a bit more in this world where we uh, like to be sidetracked by social media? And um, I, I saw a comment the other day about there is um, uh, it's it's called te technological dementia or social media. Basically, we depend on our phone to know everything, so we don't remember stuff anymore. So there, yeah. are, there definitely is having an impact. So 
how do we get to know ourselves better? How do we take that? What do we have to do to take the time to slow down, stop, and then and be com- contemplative? What are some of the things that you'd recommend that we do? Well, definitely, like, I mean, you know, just uh, scheduling in, in your diary to, to take that time now to, you know, be away from uh, the noise of social media, the noise of, you know, the, the environments that you're in and really just get in that space where you can start to, to, to hear to hear what's coming from within and, uh, you know, some of the messages that uh, are essentially, you know, being expressed uh, in that state of silence. So definitely like, um, you know, taking, you know, taking time out, going on weekends, weekends away, you know, I've done some silent retreats in the past where literally for a whole weekend, you don't say a word to anybody. Like it's literally like, you know, dead silent. And it's amazing how much you can hear in that, space of silence uh you're learning more about yourself you're reflecting on the past but you're using the past as as something that can help you move forward in my book um where i talk about self-discovery i think it's important to just you know dig deep and uh ask yourself okay well you know what are my strengths uh for example you know what have been some of my achievements in the past reflect on some of those good times and use, use some of those good times as fuel to help you, you know, dream into the future as to what's possible and give you that motivation that, hey, if I've achieved in the past uh, X, Y, Z, then it's possible for me to achieve in the future. Um, having an understanding of your own personality and your, and your, and your temperament, uh, knowing what, you, <clears throat> what what's unique about you, you know, to set you apart from other people, what what's your trademark, what do people remember you by? Um, also having an understanding of, of your values and what you value. Um, because I think you know, if you don't stand for something in this life, you fall for anything. So if you're not, if you're not, uh, if you're not moving through life, you know, on a on a strong set of values, you know, you can easily be drawn into different directions without having a clear purpose and uh, you know, not living that honest life. And I think uh, just having a sense of you know, in learning more about yourself and definitely putting yourself in situations where uh, you can try new things, getting out of your comfort zone, because until you get out of your comfort zone and experience new things, how would you know what you're truly capable of and how would you be able to unlock some of those, you know, talents, abilities and skills that you have, but you never knew you had. Um, so again, it's ha- having that, having that desire, but also having that sense of, of being fearless in that, in that, in that space where you're not um, worried about falling down. Again, it comes back to being resilient, comes back to being tenacious having a go, uh, trying new things, meeting new people. And through that process, through that journey, you're learning more about yourself, you're learning more about people, you're learning more about just life in general. And through that process, you start to get some answers uh, that could feed you into getting a clearer picture of yourself and what and, and who you want to become. So what are some of the things, you know, you've obviously been through a lot in your um, working career and, and life as well. So what are, say, three things you wish you knew earlier? What are three things that you wish you knew, like, years ago so that you could have got a head start? Like, let's, let's save other people from making similar mistakes or being in a similar position. We want to really rocket them forward. So what are the, the top three lessons you've learned about your life that you wish you'd learned earlier? Wow, that's a, that's a tough question. <laughs> uh, that's what I I'm guess. here for. I'm here to put you under the, yeah. under the microscope and grind you down. Find uh, out. <laughs> All righty. Uh, I guess, you know, uh, you know, I'm 34 years young. And uh, when I look back to, 
to, to when I was, I guess, you know, coming out of high school and doing university, I guess for me, um, I, I would have loved to have a better sense of um, what, I wanted, what I wanted to, I knew what I wanted to do with my life, but I, I didn't feel that it was something that it was completely my decision. Because when you're going to year 11 and 12 and you're working out what you want to do after school, you know, your decisions are influenced by mostly like your parents really and, and, and what you think is good for you and perceptions and, you know, wanting to have that great title. Like the only reason why, <clears throat> one of the main reasons why I decided to pursue, you know, business degree and then chartered accountant is not because I love accounting, but because of that title, chartered accountant, it's like the Mercedes of the accounting world. Like, but that's not sustainable for the long term. So you get to a certain point and go, is this really some, Is this really what I want to be doing? So I guess, you know, ma making a decision that's aligned to what you want, what you're passionate about, where your strengths are. But again, that takes time. The other thing is just being immersed in the personal development space at a very young age. But I think the greatest education that I've got in my life today has not been tertiary education, has not been secondary schooling education, has not even been the CA. It's been personal development, you know, reading books, um, you know, from the likes of Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, all those great success gurus and, um, and immersing myself. And I think if I was to do that at a younger age, it only started when I was my mid twenties, if I was to do it when I was like 18, 19, I reckon I would have, you know, um, just fast tracked some of the things that, uh, that, I, that I've done in my twenties. Right. So what's next for Daniel Bertha? What's next? What, what's, what do you got planned? Have you got more books, international global speaking tour, huge con corporate conglomerate? Uh, what are your plans? Well, this present time, uh, just really looking to uh, have my book reach as many people as possible. So it was published in April, went overseas for a bit of a break. So now I'm back on deck and and, um, and getting the book out there. There'll be a launch at the end of August. And uh, I guess, you know, just reaching out more people through my speaking and uh, coaching and mentoring initiatives in the youth space. So speaking at high schools and, um, and yeah, I guess that's where I see myself at least for the next few years. Fantastic. Hey, Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to get in touch with you or find out more about the book, or uh, where, where can they get a copy of that? Jump onto either www.getthemonkeysoffyourback.com or you can find it at my website, danielmerza.com. Okay, Daniel Merza, Merza spelled M-E-R-Z-A. Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much, Roy. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show with your host, Warwick Merry, and I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. GetMoreSuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy your success. <laughs>